Good morning. Welcome to the Facebook fan page of the Law Office of Travell Travis and the YouTube channel. Uh, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, as well as visit our website, TravelTravis.com, or email us at TravelTravis at gmail.com. As a disclaimer, videos are for educational advertising and not a substitute for contacting a licensed attorney in your state. Uh, today's legal lesson I want to present in the form of a question, and that is, who owns your church? Who owns your church? Now, we know from a spiritual scriptural standpoint, the church belongs to Jesus Christ. It is the church of Jesus Christ. But from a legal, from a uh, property standpoint, most would say that it belongs to the people or belongs to the members or the congregation. And uh, that is correct, but we want to make sure from a legal documentation standpoint uh, that, that that is true. When I speak about uh, church ownership, I'm speaking specifically about the land um, as well as perhaps the building uh, that the church uses um, or occupies. So we're talking about the actual building, maybe talking about the parking lot, maybe talking about um, additional facilities, and in some cases, separating the building from the actual land. In many cases, it's not until there's a death of the pastor, the death of a key uh, church member, or someone in the community, or there is a change in leadership, pastor leaves, pastor dies, or there's a conflict uh, within the church or with the church with the denomination or the church with its neighbors that is not discovered um, who actually owns the church. Um, in many cases, everyone assumed or thought uh, that the church owned the church, but it may not always be uh, the case. When we talk about ownership, and specifically speaking about uh, whose name is on the deed, we talk about the building and we're talking about the land. In some cases, the church actually belongs to the denomination. And so if there's a conflict with the denomination and the congregation or the pastor wants to leave that denomination, does the church belong to the congregation or does it belong to the denomination? And there have been numerous uh, court cases dealing with whether it's the denomination in which the church um, is deeded and everything is in the name of the denomination whereas the congregation may have actually paid for everything, but in terms of the deed, it still says the denomination, because in many cases, the denomination may have fronted the money or made the initial down payment, the initial purchase, or maybe had continuing control over, um, as pastors come and go, the, more, the, the, the consistent thing was for the denomination to hold the deed. But then after a number of years has passed, you know, should that remain the case? In some instances, the pastor actually owns the church. Um, in many instances, because a church may not have uh, established credit or good credit, um, or uh, uh, the pastor often is willing to risk their own credit um, and, and willing to do so, uh, put the church in their name, uh, not to own the church or not to control the church or necessarily to have it in that case permanently, but it was done as a necessity just to get started. 
to, to, to get the church, to get the loan, to get the property, somebody had to either sign or co-sign. But after years of lapse, uh, was that property ever transferred into the name of the church? In some instances, it may not be the pastor, but maybe there was a member in the congregation that says, okay, I have the money, I have the credit score, pastor, I don't mind uh, putting my name on the mortgage or putting my name on the deed in order to make this purchase. Or it may be an instance where a member says, hey, I'm donating the land. You can build the church on my land. Um, or you can use my land as the parking lot or the overflow parking lot. And it was done verbally. It was done in good faith. Uh, but it was never properly documented or, in, or, or in, in many cases, the property was never actually transferred uh, to the church. And so now that member is dead. That member has left the church. Someone else owns the land. And now there's an issue saying, okay, you may own the building, but you don't own the land. Uh, yeah, you have the church, but the parking lot belongs to me. And so now they're trying to, to flex their muscles and perhaps exercise a certain degree of control over the church or retaliation against the church and what uh, recourse does the church have if uh, that land was never put in the name of the church. In some cases, um, in, in many states where the church is never incorporated, churches are in the name of the trustees uh, on behalf of the church, but in cases where those trustees are deceased, uh, those trustees have moved on to other churches, um, has uh, those records have been updated uh, with the most current trustees uh, for the church. Also, in many states, in particular Virginia, where churches haven't always been able to incorporate, many churches have incorporated, but the property is still in the name of the unincorporated church. And so churches need to make sure that not only filing the paperwork to incorporate, that's good, but also making sure that everything that the church owns has been properly transferred into the name of the incorporated uh, church. Many things were done with verbal agreements, uh, especially when you're dealing with church people. They, hey, it's in good faith. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, doing out of love, out of charity, goodwill, you know, giving to God. But we want to make sure that even those verbal agreements have been put in writing and that records are up to date. Uh, once again, things were never properly transfer, we get around to it, we do it at some point, but that point never happened. And once again, there's a death in the church, there's a change in leadership, change in property ownership, in some cases where uh, a family member uh, may have donated the land to the church or said the church could use it, that person is dead. And now their heirs are saying, wait a minute, we want to sell this land that belonged to our parents or to our grandparents they have no connection to the church, no loyalty to the church. And the church has said, wait a minute, we've used this a lot for years, uh, but does that necessarily entitle them to any type of ownership or control over uh, that? And so a person can perhaps be motivated by money, can try to exercise some control. I like the former past. I don't like the new past. I don't like what's going on. You know, I want to start my own church. It's so many different things uh, that, that, that can happen where a person can say, hey, get out of my church. And the question then becomes, who owns the church? 
So therefore, in conclusion, I want to encourage pastors, uh, trustee boards, um, if you're the owners of that land, that family land, a lot of churches were built on family land, to one, find the deed, but also to review the deed to make sure it actually reflects the true ownership of the church, uh, whose name is on the deed. Does the church belong to who everyone believes that the church, the building, the land, the adjacent land actually uh, belongs to? And hopefully if uh, that uh, documentation can actually take place. Even in instances of leases, um, even though that's not ownership, oftentimes pastors will sign a lease uh, for a building in their name uh, rather than the church. And so once again, that same conflict can arise um, even in lease agreements because it's not in the name of the church, but in the name of certain individuals. Um, so the right uh, people can do the right thing uh, that the agreements can be drawn up, uh, property can be properly transferred uh, to the church um, in the name of the church. So my final question, once again, is who owns your church? And you want to make sure that you properly investigate it to find out that we're all on the same page, that the church owns the church and the church controls the church property. Should you have any questions, or need any help in this regard, please contact our office or a licensed attorney in your state. Once again, we thank you for viewing this legal lesson sponsored by the Law Office of Travell Travis. Once again, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. Also visit our website, travelltravis.com. Send us an email, travelltravis at gmail.com. Or you can also call us Area code 757-528-8529. God bless you and have a great day.